and welcome yet again to episode 6 of the Lockdown Specials of the Mad Axman podcast. This week the gang reconvene to talk about what's been distracting them from the painting they really should have been doing, what new projects they wish they'd not started, and we also talk in depth in a brand new feature about the many different ways you can pull together a Tang Chinese army in Art de la Guerre. Towards the back end of it, you are warned, Andy's music returns with Andy's quiz sandwiched in between it in a kind of lovingly jam and ham sort of way and after that you get the proper music at the end of the podcast this is week six we are still going we will be going next week hope you enjoy the podcast And there's still all six people here. Um, not in fact, Peter. I think you're you're significantly more hairy um, each week. Really, we're getting there. Everywhere. The joys of Zoom. That's all good. And um, and we've now survived. I think four or five weeks of Andy's quiz music as well. Which. Well, you're which, the one who chose it. No, <laughs> well, you know, it had to be free, so that limited my choices quite a lot. And um, I think it's almost becoming um, something kind of weirdly normal. But, but possibly that's the symptom of how deep we are into lockdown, really, Mark, more than, more than anything else. Um, so we're off on um, the regular way of starting. This week, we've got a feature coming up on, on discussing the best way to put together one specific list in um, Art de la Guerre for some mad Chinese thing that, that Simon had half painted. But, and then we'll, we'll do the quiz, and then we may well sneak in another feature or two as well if we've got time. Um, although we did run to nearly an hour and a half last time, so something's obviously happening. So if I start in my traditional fashion of going round, and Andy, do you just want to just say the one word Vikings when we're talking about your painting, and then we'll just move on? Or, or is there actually yeah. some detail this week? I've, I've finished the six years of Huskarls. Um, I'm now on to painting the bowmen, so nearly finished. So, so what colour paint are you using for their bows? Because that's always been a question for me. Do you go brown or do you do some sort of yellowy yew tree side? Well, kind, kind, of, kind of tan sort of colour. I mean, it, it, just as long as it looks like it came off a tree, that's good enough. Right. <laughs> okay, then. fine. So it's just Vikings. We're done. No more to say. No, I suppose bowmen don't have shield patterns that you can get um, wrong or lose or anything like that either. Well, you you buy you buy the um, I've, I've got the transfers. It's um, you know, you just colour around the edge a bit. And if, apart from the other ones, I'm just kind of doing like rectangular swirls or things like that. You know. So are they going to look um, significantly better than the ones I managed to flog you in our own private eBay that managed to get there in the post? Not really, no. But um, you know, I say they'd be, they be they they won't be shown up by them. Excellent, good stuff. Because that was the eBay thing. Okay, all right, um, Peter. Are you have you given up trying to pronounce German words? Cuirassiers, uh, Austrian cuirassiers. So lots of uh, Napoleonic guys charging around on horses. I just finished them this evening, um, so quite pleased about them. Um, uh, I thought they were going to be harder than they were in the end. It's like you start looking at it, and it's got um, you know lots of lovely little colours and things and Ooh, wow. different stuff and. And you know, if they be Australian cuirassiers, they should be yellow and gold, yellow and green. Yeah. Australian, yellow. did you say? Black, black um, breastplate, 
um, yellow crested helmets with a black stripe down the back, so they're little wasps. Is this the army you were saying you bought at Salute, um, what, a year ago? Or um, No, these are the Napoleonics. The one I bought at... Um, oh, actually, yes, I did get yeah. these at Salute, yeah. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is what we um yeah we threw uh, Peter under the under the bus and f with a miniature supplier and um, yeah. is this the Eureka so thing? Th there's a consistent theme here, you know. Uh, Saunders, it was his excuse, I ended up with the Chinese, and Simon, it's his excuse, and Tim that I ended up with the uh, the Austrians. Right, and these yeah, are the a, these are the AB figures. Are they AB figures? Uh, they certainly are. I've got AB, and I've also got some of the Zen ones, uh, some French Zen. Zen. Oh, Zen. Yeah. No, that's Zen. Spanish, aren't they? Spanish, sorry, Spanish. Yeah, Spanish. Um, and I got some, yeah, French uh, lim limbers and things. Okay. Um, God, that is taking me back. I, I, I'd forgotten. I've actually got a directory of 15 mil Napoleonic manufacturers on my website. Um, uh, Full enough, you do. And I was looking at them. And uh, when I got to salute, I actually had a list of stuff to pick out. And uh, the illustrious. Um, Ozzy and Saunders were uh, advising me on what to buy and everything else. And uh, apart from more, more, get more, they actually were quite helpful with uh, their advice. Because no, that, that was one of them, because when I, I got into a habit of setting up those manufacturing comparison things, and, yeah. and it was generating quite a lot of traffic. So I moved into doing a Napoleonic one, despite not owning a single 15 mil Napoleonic figure well, at all. Now you can speak with uh, knowledge. On it. Well, not not a fifteen mil, but we'll we'll come on to that indeed. So, you've <laughs> how many how many is a lot of Carassier then? Uh, well, for the Battle Empire, I was looking at the list. I think basically four bases of it for Carassiers. I think is enough actually. All right, that gives you what two uh, units or? Um, yeah, I think for most of the stuff, that's about it, as far as I can tell. Okay. Um, because you could have those. I've got uh, already painted up the hussars, which were nicely coloured. Um, so I think that's uh, horse, horseman for now. I've just got a shed load of infantry to do. And that's just going to be white. So that's quite simple. Yeah, I've got a spray can for that. Brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> got a spray can, can do Austrians. All excellent. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how I did got, my, my Austrians. It's just um, then I started, uh, I made the mistake of trying to get clever with it on the first batch that I did and picking out little details like, um, you know, lapels and things like that. So now I'm sort of like, do I carry on at that same level and will my eyesight last? Excellent. It, it's worthwhile carrying on, I think, for some of your, the more fancy units, your big lines of Austrian infantry. No, 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 too many of There we go. Yeah. Have you got any Jaegers or uh, Grancers? Because they, they've got different colour uniforms. So now you're actually getting it. Uh, yes, I have. Um, following on from the trip abroad, when we're able to actually travel and associate with other people. Um, I was in um, Hungary and Austria last year, so I actually had to pick up some of the different ones after, of course, going to the different military museums and seeing, oh, these look good. And uh, they had a fun fun bit actually shooting different things. So I've got a whole nice little uh, multicultural mixture of them. Excellent. So, so this is, a note. does that mean you're now going to be into Austrians for the next few weeks then? Yes, I think uh, Austrians are going to carry me through the lockdown. Uh, wow. they're, they're going to be uh, my Austrian army getting out on the table is my uh, Austrian march to sanity. My God, no distraction pieces then. You've just been consistent Austrians. Nothing's uh, well, its way into the well, pile. 
apart from the Nafatoons that suddenly jumped out at me, which I, I thought, why not? Because right. I can use colour. That's true. Okay. So other than four or five Arabs with um, explosive, what's its names? It's just been Austrians. Cooking pots. Well, it, it will be. For the next couple of weeks, it's Austrian mad because I've got the, um, the Normans finished. So I've got my uh, Sicilian Normans are all ready to go. My uh, German World War II is finished off. Um, so, yes, it's uh, the Austrians, Napoleonic Austrians. I want to actually finally finish off coming out of lockdown with a fully built out army. Whether they're any good or not, probably not. Who knows? Whether I'm good at it, different matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they were the first ones to beat Napoleon in a proper battle once he became emperor. And it was that battle of Aspernesting we did about last week. See, uh, Andy, see, you're building up my confidence in them. You're just yeah. making me want to paint them more. You're not, you're not gazumping one of your quiz questions there, are you, Andy? No. Oh, that, that was too straightforward. Can't be one. Definitely can't <laughs> be one. <laughs> okay. So, Simon, you're, you're next up on my screen uh, with your Tercio background on Zoom. One of only two people on this call yet to, still to master um, the, the art of backgrounds on Zoom, even though we've been here for five weeks. Yeah, ooh shiny. Um, so I've al almost finished my Ancient British. The I've done uh, nine or ten bases of cavalry now. They're all finished. Done the generals, um, so they're all done. The decals that I ordered on the 6th of April arrived yesterday. <laughs> wow. Wow, wait. And um, you, can t you can tell that the uh, postage is running slow. I had something posted to me from my office in London on the 6th of um, April, and it arrived at the same time. So things are running rather slow. So any anyhow, so I got them done. Um, I've also finished off some 25 mil mixed, sorry, 15 mil and 25 mil mixed infantry for later medieval. So spear with that like one, is that like one base with with some midgets or and some real people or oh, they're in separate units it's a uh, they're all single bases so i've got oh. one 25 mil uh, i've got six of them in 25 mil and six and 15 uh, mil of okay. integrated uh spear with pavis and then bow or crossbow in the rear ranks um, i've just rebased a lot of my stuff on single bases just oh yeah so I much think, easier i think i saw those online with the, the 25 mil ones those peri figures mm. Yeah, so I think um, you introduced me to the Perry figures a, a few years ago, and my credit card has been hammered every time I walk past them. <laughs> yeah, that box of um, mercenaries is astonishing for what you can do That's, with it, isn't it? It's, it's brilliant, yeah, because awesome. you, you just start mucking around with it. You get lots of good options. Yeah, okay, good. So Tamsin, what, the, the painting machine, What's what happens this week in Tamsin world? Oh, what have I done? I've got the Billman and wow. Spearman. Wow, that, army. Even though they're plastic, that, that tray that you're picking them up on, there's so many, it looks like it's sagging. That's a real... Yeah. Well, it's quite thin cardboard, the tray. Oh, right. Look at <laughs> that. That's not too bad. Yeah, and today I started work on the, on the, well, the mounted figures, so base-coated and washed, base-coated, highlighted, using the airbrush and then washed the horses. I saw the, um, the Billman on your blog as well. And it actually just suddenly struck me that, um, is there kind of a place or a way that you do the photography? Because they do, the photos come out really cleanly on a, on a sort of very neutral background. Um, well, I use a couple of sheets of black phone core. Phone okay. Look, one, one underneath, one at the back. 
on top of my on my painting desk uh, just had because I've got several I daylight lights I'm wow. using actually the camera I use is a cheap cheapo sort of snaps type okay digital oh. camera no that's good actually I, f I found it I gave me gave me better results than one of than a more expensive camera which I bought a couple of years a few years ago no that's interesting because I, I found exactly the same I had a you know a big old camera with lenses and stuff like that it wasn't quite an SLR but it was a sort of big one and it just wasn't working properly enough and um I went back to my kind of cheapo point and click thing with with some sort of memory card format in which I'm not entirely sure however you know some sort of memory card that was probably 256 megabyte that at some point was an enormous amount of memory to have um but now has aged not particularly badly but I think I read something ages and ages after I'd come back to this to say that cheap cameras have worse quality lenses which means their depth of field for when they focus is actually bigger. So, so an expensive camera will focus on a very specific point away from the camera, you know, two inches, three inches for, for macro. Whereas, um, whereas a cheap camera will cannot focus that tightly. So it will focus, you know, between one and two inches and catch everything in quite a long distance. And for soldiers, that's actually better because you're getting, you know, a couple of ranks of the figures in focus, whereas a, a better camera will only actually ever catch one rank. So it was a kind of a thing in which cheap is better. But Dave, you switched us on to um, the the cheap, the very cheap imported Chinese light box, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you got you got that first, but it's really good. I love it to bits. But I've been taking pictures with my iPhone, and I find it's not very good. Yeah, I think it's, it's just difficult getting an iPhone steady. Do you, in fact, Tanton, yeah. do you use, do you perch your camera on something or do you use I, a little I, tripod? I, I, or? I have a tripod, have a sort of mini tripod, which you, which you use. What um, I say. If, if I want, to, if it's a large group of figures, I'll occasionally put that on top of another box file just to sort of angle, angle down and get it overview shot. But one thing I found with, my cheap digital, cheapo digital camera was what the settings. I always used to have real problems with get my blues being washed out and not looking right. Fiddled around with the settings, tried different ones, and found that on my camera, so using nighttime settings uh. work work best. Can't use macro with it, but don't really need to. Okay, so do, what, so do you take a picture from a decent distance and then crop it down, or, or does it just get close anyway? Um, I use, well, where necessary, I use the, I, the telephoto lens just to zo zoom in a bit, so, so the figures fill the, fill the screen. Right. Okay. Do you use um, like a white uh, light box and things like that? No. Um, saying I've got several several daylight bulb lamps which are arranged around it so it's lighting from the back the sides and the front and yeah, that's important overhead which cuts out the shadow brings it I makes so there's very little shadow in the photos no they, they do look really good the photos look really really clean 
it's um it's, it's a really so that, that's the trick then to get light around it so you don't have the shadows on it yeah very definitely very definitely yes, some of the the um the little light box one that um saunders has he lent it to me and i play around with it because some of them are quite neat because they've got around where you put the camera they've got the daylights mounted inside the frame so you get all the really good light that way it's quite neat yeah and that one was only like a few quid wasn't it like five quid so five yeah <laughs> But then again, with postage, it'll probably take a year and a half to come at the moment. You never know. Yeah. But thoroughly recommended, easy to set up. You know, it takes two minutes to pull it out the cupboards, take yeah. some pictures, put it away again. It's nothing elaborate. Yeah. Yeah. Works okay. I find if I prop the, I, the iPhone on the side um, and then move the figures around, I, I've been using the black background. I think that works better. Yeah. Yeah, I like the black background, but I think it, it shows up the little bits of flock that fall off the figures. Um, yeah, there is that. And then you need to hoover them up, and then it's all a mess, and it's just a pain. Uh, <laughs> the white one, it's, it seems a little bit easier to clean, which which is probably not part of it. So, say, Tam, so Tamsin, kind of nothing. It, it, are you just sort of a one theme per week? How, In fact, looking around, how can you be undistracted? There's got to be one other thing that you go oh i'll just kind of squeeze this one in or is that just me it's you sometimes it, i sometimes I do work on more than one project at a time but depends i in this case just want to i'm focusing strictly on the on what's right is just to get it done just a pure project approach all right okay all right so dave last what last one round before it comes around to me well i, I think i definitely have to say that I start off enthusiastic about painting an army and then when you get halfway through you're starting to get bored of it and I think I've reached that point with the uh, samurai. How many have you done so far? So I've done six, nine, ten, twelve bases out of Twelve figures. So I'm almost <laughs> definitely halfway. All the generals are done because they're nice and pretty. Although I bought some more. <laughs> How many figures is that so far that you've painted of Samurai? Uh, so there's six bases of um, Samurai Bowmen, four bases of followers, five bases of followers, two bases of cavalry, and the, uh, the, the stampeding herd nonsense. That's what I'm <laughs> Excellent. And then there's one, two, three, four generals. But... So the, the fighting 15s people were, they've lost their deal with Eureka or something. Mm -hmm. So he's been selling off his figures. So I think I've just bought the last stock of those in the world. Uh, you, you've done me a favor then, because with all the talk of Samurai over the last couple of weeks and uh, uh, the various things posted on the uh, club thing, I was like, you know, you get that slight temptation of, oh, I'll just buy a few more. <laughs> but what we could do, Peter, is I'm probably going back to Australia next uh, next April, so lockdown may have finished by then, so we can talk um, postage rates. <laughs> you can buy them direct from Eureka. That could be it. Then we could just have a massive samurai off at some point. Yeah, it's you like you know, eight free. armies of samurai fighting. Who won? The samurai. <laughs> <laughs> the Koreans. Yeah. So, Dave, do you, do you base them and finish the basing, or is basing like a separate part of your process? I yeah. really enjoy the basing. I do, especially with the ADLG larger bases. So what I'm, I, I mean, I paint them as individual figures on the individual cars. Right. Okay. So I've got loads of cars and I chop it up and do, so I, I suppose I do six, 12 figures at a time. Right. Six cavalry. 
and I, I put them on their own individual card. And so they Hondas or Toyotas or something? <laughs> and then once they're painted, I'm happy with them. I, I'll base them up. Put them. And on what's your the, basing routine? Because you took me through it one time. So stick them on. I'm, I'm now using three sort of grades. I've, I've got some slate, broken slate, which is thick. Then I've got some cork, which is I put a tiny bit of slate, tiny bit of cork, and then finish off with basing sand. And I bought some nice basing sand off some young kids in uh, devices who were called, that's how they're called, let's, pull, let's give them a plug. Gatehouse Gaming UK. <laughs> And they're really good. They've got different colours and things like that. So once I've got that done, sand is, and it's all dried, I've got, I, I do three, I do one colour. I use English uniform, Malaysia English uniform, and which is sort of a brownish colour. Then I dry brush with desert sand and then I dry brush again with buff. And I think the two dry brushings really good. Makes it pop up. Yeah, I must admit, I, I do a dry brush with... Um a really pale gray then a, a dry brush with um bleach bone yeah on, on mine that's always the final thing yeah i think this but i mean i've, I've dry brushing i you know when i started i didn't understand it but i think i'm starting to get it now and i really sort it is quite it's, it's you know it's amazing what you learn in the yeah. period of doing this yeah so you're you must be then so you're literally halfway through samurai but you have you had a distraction project this week or has it just uh, been consistent no i've just been doing that Okay. I've been yeah. reading. Reading? What about Dave, Samurai? Or Dave, about Allen, Sam Dave Allen's doing an essay on Mycenaean warfare. So me and him have been talking about Mycenaean warfare. Because um, Dave Allen, he was there, wasn't he, during that war? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is Achilles. <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't, I don't, you know, I know he's a little bit older, but I don't think he ever was Brad Pitt, really, to be fair. Um, <laughs> that seems unlikely. This means war. I think this week for me has been kind of world of distraction because I, I kind of been doing bits and bobs of all sorts of different things. I actually had some stuff arrive in the post, which was great. Um, after a while, I, I ordered some of the gripping beast, gripping beast had a not salute sale. I mentioned it last week. So I ordered some of their, um, armored cavalry, the Gothic cavalry, because I wanted the barded horses to try and paint them up as like coloured horse barding as Arab elite cavalry and, you know, mix all the heads and stuff with my Arab cavalry. And because it was free postage, I thought I'd ordered just the one pack because I have far too many. But when they arrived, there was two of them. And I was like, oh, brilliant. They made a mistake. They put twice as many in. And then I looked and I was like, no, it looks like I bought two. Um, which was just like a bit of a, damn, I thought I'd done well, but I've actually spent far too much money on them, which is a minor detail. But it did, did mean I got a free viking general figure with that and then i had a load of little bits from pendragon some of the um tiny dice frames that i'm going to use for markers for battle empire um to to kind of do somehow um because you've got to have hits half hits and then whether the unit is fired or not yeah. so i've got a little marker that will take three different colored dice and one of them can be for the hits and then the other two can just be markers so so i think i might end up painting out the spots on a whole set of 
blue and red dice so that they just become blue and red seven millimeter cubes and then leave the the white dice as the as the actual marker that that turns over and you look at the numbers on it for a bit of that um i have now nearly nearly finished the um napoleonic cavalry so i've got two lots of 24 of half of them are cuirassier and half of them are dragoons who i now know are blue sorry green um with green um narrow mistake green with greeny plumes and red spots and the dragoons are blue and white and they do look kind of noticeably different which is good so they should be based for next time um and I, i've made a bit of a dent in the um teeny tiny um or the other ones hussars as well who are just a little bit more colorful um but i think the main thing where i did get badly distracted was i kind of i've got this box of old um one three hundred scale modern stuff that i've grad my brother gave me that we used to sort of own jointly about 30 years ago and and he it kind of came back to me and um he's been i've been gradually refurbishing it that was the great um detail story from from six <laughs> months ago that i think we all chatted about down the pub or or something in which i used detail as a as a paint stripper and i ended up with a a, a painting room that that basically probably smelt like um a ward with enough ppe on it um for quite a long period of time but um so i and i just occasionally lift the lid on this box and go oh actually could i put some of this stuff on ebay so i've been doing quite a bit of ebay getting rid of things as well and and i suddenly realized i had actually proper almost a full arab army that just with a bit of a wash and some army painter i could actually turn around and, and get ebay ready so so suddenly in the middle of a, a painting weekend I got distracted from from the stuff that I should have been finishing and doing and and upgraded and upscaled. Um, I think there was something like 70 tanks in the Arab army and then about 30 M60s as well, that all got done and inked and varnished and matte varnished and pictured and put on eBay. So they're on on sale on eBay. Um, and, and I've been posting a whole load of other stuff. And yeah, Simon, the postage has been all over the shop. I had one one thing I posted two three weeks ago that that the guy you know we were both kind of worried me and the guy that it had got lost and um and eventually it turned up and then the stuff from pendragon and the stuff from gripping beast turned up within a few days i shifted some some ebay um matchbox plastic um they had a set of paratroopers mm -hmm. modern british paratroopers that were real you know falklands era paratroopers really great figures completely unlike all the other 170 second scale matchbox stuff that was always a little bit weird yeah. compared to fx these paras were great so i i got rid of them on ebay um because they've been sat around and i kind of got rid of the last of the the 20 mil force on force stuff that, that uh, we'd had all those days which is a shame got rid of the tv crew got rid of the mercenaries um put them in the post today um earlier this morning so they're out the door and then um then i did also get distracted and, and have waded into painting the what must be a 42 millimeter gnome napoleon who now is nearly nearly finished um he's actually a big enough figure that you can put eyes on him and it doesn't look completely ludicrous well you know about as non-ludicrous as a 42 millimeter napoleon, gnome, gnome napoleon yeah. can be so <laughs> so he's actually getting ready to to lead these troops um on, onto it and then then i've also been uploading pictures of my assyrians that, that 28 mil army that i've been wittering on about for a while that got finished 
about a week and a bit ago. Um, and they look good. Oh, thank you. No, I, I was really, really chuffed with them. And I, I, I managed to take some photos outside at the weekend in, in kind of natural daylight, which really made a bit of a difference. It really pinged them up a bit. So, so I've uploaded all the photos of the infantry. They're out. I've uploaded, I think today, uh, this morning maybe, or yesterday, the photos of the cavalry. Um, which are there, and I've just got to upload the, pic, the photos of the chariots as well. And, um, the and chariots I've, got the wallpaper on them. Of course, they have. They've got <laughs> literally the army is painted in exactly the same colours and style as the fifteen mil army, with the same wallpaper on the chariots as well. Um, so I'm going to upload some of the images, and it's been. It seems to have um, loads of people have been commenting because I posted it on a few different forums um, about how good those new line designs figures are. Yeah, they're really um, good. Really nice. And I, I just got them pegged as a 20 mil manufacturer in my mind for some mm. reason. I'd kind of missed their 25 mil ranges, but... Are they the ones that did the Sassanids we saw at um, Portsmouth? I don't think that was... I think that was Aventine, um, wasn't it? The oh, I think Aventine was Aventine, yeah. Yeah. But I think I used New Line... When we were doing the Saga stuff, I've got some of their stuff um, as uh, Arab Army. Okay. Oh, God. Don't so, tell me there's another 28 mil Arab people I could do. I can't really be doing those. But, um, but yeah, they do a lot of biblical stuff. And it's about, it's probably almost half the price of Foundry, which is an enormous difference. And, and it's not far off Foundry in, in quality at all. Really nicely proportioned. And the thing they also, is there's so much plastic stuff you can do. For Arabs there is, yeah. But this, this is metal for biblicals. Um, I think, you know, they do all sorts of proper biblical ranges. Oh, and, they do Chinese um, as well. Sorry? They do Japan Chinese as well. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, that's, that's, where I got, um, that's where I got my Chinese, uh, 20 mil uh, Chinese from. Right. Oh, 20 mil range, not their, not their big range. No, I, I looked at their 25 mil range as well. I was thinking, if I had not have bought the plastics, I'd be in trouble now. Okay. <laughs> 28 millimetres, yeah. Let's just have a little clap on the... Um, so the 28 mil range is what they actually do. So they do ancient biblical, dark ages, early medieval Chinese, Romans. Wow. Um, two yeah. the Indians. So so what are the... Um, Cappadocians, Numidians, German. Wow, there's loads of them. Mm. Greeks, Indians, Spanish. Early, early medieval Chinese. Whatever that is, Scythians. That's quite interesting. Wow, I, I really I just not clocked... Yeah, because the biblical stuff, Assyrians, Babylonians, there's not quite um, pictures on it, and they look a little bit of a little bit kind of met in the pictures, but they ping up really, really well. And um, I think the interesting thing was I did the whole army in really consistent color palette um, that seems to have come come out quite well. So you know, some of the guys have got blue tunics, and then the other guys have got blue shields, and then you know, there's only about five or six primary colors on them. But, mm. but they're all mixed up, so you get a real consistency of of colour and, and palette across the whole army. But each each unit is composed of quite animated figures because they've got um, they've got different um, they've got separate shields and separate spears, so you can give them a lot more life and variety than um, than you normally do. Um, just trying to think whether my whether I can actually list them up on the website at the moment. Um, how do you stop the shields dropping off then? Um, I tend to use for stuff that absolutely has to stay on. Um, I might have even said this before. I use this like two-part metal 
um, it's called liquid metal from um, oh, where is it somewhere in the box here uh, I'll try and find it so I think it's an araldite thing but it's it's liquid metal rather than standard araldite and and I've found that that's just the most solid thing that, that creates a really good bond a really good tie um, but you do have to kind of blue tack them together and and wait for them um, it dries pretty quickly but but you still have to kind of pose them and and, and maneuver them whilst it's drying and then I don't think I've ever had barely ever had any of them come off um yeah and i drilled the hands i think this is about that it's 30 years of bloody wall isn't it but but the the fashion in how regular a regular army should actually look i th i just kind of get the impression it's completely changed um in in the last you know 10 plus years and now um it's very rare to see kind of monopose figures it is just all about uniforms and colors but even regular troops are are pretty regular but in in terms of the way they dress but they're not regular in pose whereas in the olden days i suppose everything was was a regular monopose monopose thing but this time you're doing it kind of through colors but i don't know dave were you saying that you've kind of got a a strong view on on regular irregular posing and stuff like that or I, I think i mean when when i started 10 years ago you had the sort of leftover of the um dbm world where you know if you didn't base your figures eight to a base for regulars and um hmm. six to a base for medium infantry people started spitting at you <laughs> which i didn't understand and i was like no i don't get that but i i i I mean, recently, I think I do it kind of by army. One thing I like to do is medium foot can cover a whole multitude of sins. So I like to do like five javelin men to a 40 by 40. Because mm. I think that makes them in between skirmisher. You can see that there's five of them. So mm. they're not... more dynamic. Yeah, exactly. And um, which leaves you can put six medium. I mean, because I use a lot, a lot of size on figures, which you can't get eight to a base. No, that's really if tough. You really, if I you try to, it makes them look horrible. Was it you or Tim who did um, a sort of fighting wedge? I think it was you, Dave, wasn't it? Yeah, I've done that a few times. But then I, Sean, I think Sean does that down the club as well, doesn't he? He does that really well. Yeah. And I, I stole it from... And um, Jess, Jesse as well. Exactly. Jesse Jess, does it, yeah. Jess does... I mean, he almost does five to a base and he groups all his figures in the centre of the base. They, they almost look like even, you know, spearmen. They look like a bit of a war band. Yeah. And then when you put a load of 40 by 40 together, they actually look really effective. I think Jesse's um, figures were what I really picked up on. A little bit of less is more. Gordon yeah. frowns on that. Gordon's a traditionalist. He likes it all to be eight <laughs> to a base. But then he loved their six figures. Yeah. You no, can't I... that many. No, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, it's, it's difficult to imagine doing an army of, of monopose um, figures. But but then again, I'm, I'm literally, I'm saying that and then thinking I've got in the painting pile this, um, this es, an Essex Hungarian, well, Napoleonic's exactly, God, they're, they're exactly the opposite to that. I've just thought of those 10 mil. But, um, but I think for ancients, I've got this Hungarian thing that they are, get, yeah, they're going to end up at monopose because they're kind of, Essex and, and well the spearmen are going to end up monopose but it's just how much variety you can get but then maybe it's just harder to buy monopose figures these days you know everything's coming in multi 
Well, I, I really like the way Legio Heroica do that, where they're kind of static, but there's a sort of dip, but there's say three or four poses, but so they're all sort of walking for marching forward or something, but they're in the classic joke about looking to the left, looking to the right, yeah. slightly different helmet, which gives it variety. I, I like that effect a lot. The Essex with the guy standing with his hands in both directions, you know, they look yeah. a bit, um, how can I say, air fix. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Or in Empire ones, are, you get subtle differences in what look, look like otherwise similar identical figures, but you look closely, there are actual differences and nuances. Yeah. I mean, with these samurai, I've gone for you know the Ashikiru who uh, with the um, big floppy, yeah, you know, the big helmets, the sort of big black hat hats. I put them into unit sizes of six in lines together. But the samurai I've put into groups because I, you know, I think it's the, it, it's the each army you can make an army look interesting. Samurai would be individualistic and fighters individuals, so put them into a a group where they're a bit. They're not in lines. I suppose it is, it is actually partly it's driven by the rules and that move towards yeah. away from a very literal what weapons and armour does this figure have yes. towards this cap you know, capability-driven, functional-driven descriptions of their swordsmen or their spearmen or, or well, cavalry with bows. That's just it. You know, they're not heavy cavalry, lance bow shield darts you know this sort of thing what one of the projects i was thinking of doing and i keep holding off from is rebasing some of the saga stuff i've done because you know we we're not playing saga anymore um at least uh no one i've seen playing it for a while and do i redo some of that to turn it into a 28 mil adlg one or i'll get that done and then we'll find another skirmish type one. you know it's it's just one of those things yeah there must be a lot of well, maybe it's just our club that just that didn't really pick up Saga. But I just think there must be, given how much is on eBay and how much is sold clearly and how much is marketed and how many ranges are made for that, there must be so many Saga armies sat there in people's houses that, you know, it's that classic sort of easy to get into, pick up game, novelty, build a warband, and then and then it kind of sits on the sits on the shelf. Or does yeah, that. We, we went, we had a bit of a craze for it uh, for about a year or two. Yeah, we did. And then we uh, moved on to ADLG, so maybe it's Battle Empires, the, the next one that's going to pick up. Maybe. Well, you know, we'll, we'll all our Asians armies will be sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> that could be. Yeah. The Assyrians just gathering dust. In fact, talking about gathering dust, I've forgotten to open a beer. That's a bit terrible. Um, normally, Dave, we normally talk beer. I've, so I, I think I'm doing Hepcat from Gypsy Hill again, the Session IPA at 4.6. It looks slightly textured canned. And, oh. My beer 52 deliveries late, I think. Oh, no. God, I, I actually ordered some proper ones. I ordered a, a set of 18 because I was, I was getting a little bit bored of having a very different beer every single time I open one. <laughs> so I've now got some sets. So They, did, they sent me an email the other day with a new sort of group of eight or ten or yeah. something. So. Well, they sent you an email saying, are you okay? Because they hadn't had an order from you recently. Still going. I've still got loads of freebie offers. Yeah, no, I've got that as well. If anybody else wants to, to order in, but I think Simon, you're already are you already in that club? Have you already picked up that offer? Uh, no, I, I looked at the um, looked at the beers, and they they weren't really much of my flavour. Ah, okay. So I decided to I find found the whiskey instead. So I've not been here long enough to catch on to the craft beer craze. Yeah. 
the craft beer. The craft beer I get, I just haven't figured out, haven't, I don't like English ale. Just, yeah, right. Okay. Yes, I'm Australian. I'm a peasant. We have Fosters. Sorry. <laughs> like Simon's pictures of his um, irregular kangaroos were a bit disturbing earlier. <laughs> Isn't that the pictures behind Tamsin? Yep. Where are they from? This is a Zoom background of... They're Eureka. Yeah. There's ones I mentioned last week that I bought at Sloop. Ah, right. Okay. This isn't a this isn't the secret side painting project for the week that you just remembered. No. No, it wasn't Simon just prompting you into it. Okay. This means war. So on to um on to what's next i guess the main topic of it we were going to have a what well, we are in fact going to have a discussion about list 169 in the art du laguerre book which if i can try and grab the the art du laguerre book or have a look at um where we're up to is the simon you're um you're the expert at this one this was your choice what have you got <laughs> it was purely scientific based on a random number generator true um so you're looking for page Tang and five dynasties wasn't it yeah, so 169. So it's page um, 171. 171. Okay. Has everybody prepared a list? I've got a list. Yes. Okay. Yep. Excellent. So this, this was um, our way of in, um, helping Andy try to decide what new army he should buy um, mm -hmm. based purely on, ooh, that's shiny. So the version I went for was just... Um, because I like to go for some slightly weird and wacky options, especially with these Chinese armies where you can have different combinations. So just I'm to say, for... we'll, we'll, publish, we'll publish links to these, yep. we'll publish all of these on, um, on the podcast website or on the wiki as well. So you can actually look at what we're, we're chatting on in, in yeah, detail yeah. later on. So I've gone for the, one of the allied options. So I've gone for the um, Southern Han option with a Tibetan ally, just to really have some fun. So what I've gone and done is command one, which has got the same, so it's um, an army of 25 elements. So it's not bad. Very good. Um, it's got um, initiative, initiative of two. We got in the first command with the brilliant general uh, is the more aggressive mounted um, command. So it's got four heavy cavalry, uh, heavy cavalry bow, two of which are elite. It's then got a couple of light cavalry bow and a, a bowman as well, just to walk around and annoy people. The center command is a nice big stodgy wall of foot and, and an elephant. So we've got three of the, um, the spearmen and the halberdiers. So they're heavy swordsmen, two-handed choppers. They're always, they're always great fun to annoy people. Two bowmen, an elephant, because we all like an elephant just to run around because um, it annoys all the mounted armies. Um, a light foot bowman to shield the elephant. Some uh, revolting peasants because they just float my boat. So they're in uh, impetuous levies. So they're always good to annoy people who get too, cl too close to the baggage. And I've also gone for three of the tribal auxiliars just because if you do get that nice bit of rough terrain that you can, you can drop them into and they can um, dig out bowmen who uh, often seem to go into there. And then for um, the third core, which is the ally, 
I've gone for a Tibetan ally. So this is the, um, the big punchier one. So we've got four heavy cavalry impact, two of which are elite, and one has the a general included, and two light horse bow. So um, two big mounted wings that can run around and annoy people, and a nice stodgy center just to um, hold things down. So those are quite quite fluid mounted wings then. And, and mm. So do you see, would you gang them up together, or is it you know shove the middle at people, let them deal with it, beat them with the wings? Is there a... Is there a theory with it? Or? It depends, as always, I think it depends on terrain. Um, if you get a nice uh, open table, definitely put the two on the wings and annoy them because having 12 elements coming up the center with an elephant, spearman, sorry, um, 200 choppers, uh, bowmen and um, medium swordsmen, that's going to annoy a lot of, a lot of um, armies or you've got to deal with it because it's 12 element wide. So then you've got um, some quite good mounted going into the flanks. If not, you could always um, do a flank march with one of them. So that'd be good fun just to have um, four heavy cavalry impact appearing in your flank going, hello, I've got a big stick. So it's, so it's a pin and envelop army then really. That's the um, theory. But, but the pin could actually do you quite a lot of damage as well. Hmm. Okay. All right. Interesting way of putting it together. So, so Peter, you're looking, um, you're looking puzzled. Um, yeah, I was trying to find where I saved it. That's why I'm looking right. at it. Shall I come back to you later? Um, is that possible? Andy, well, you're looking yeah. ready to talk. 169. <laughs> 169, right. Right, yeah, well, I've, I, I came up with um, the following. Um, brilliant commander-in-chief with two heavy cavalry bow, one light cavalry, and then an infantry group in his command of two heavy spear, three heavy two-handed sword, two-handed weapon swordsman, a, a LMI crossbow, and a mediocre LMI bow. Then another command of a LMI javelin, you know, to take out the elephants that might turn up, um, two medium swordsmen, an LMI bow, and a light infantry bow. And then an allied command of Kitan Lao uh, with a competent commander, two elite heavy cavalry impact, Two ordinary heavy cavalry bow and a light cavalry bow, and also three mixed uh, sword, medium sword crossbows. So that sounds quite a lot of mediumy foot. Is it? It, it, it didn't. It didn't sound kind of that um, resilient to me. Or maybe did I miss the beginning part of it? Um, Not it? really. Well, you have. Well, you have um, five heavy, five heavy infantry. Including oh, two sorry, spirits. I must have. Sorry, missed that. Um, the idea is you have the the two-handed swordsman in the middle of that mob with the spears one at each corner and you've also got two heavy cavalry to uh, support them and then some 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 shooty people to uh, you know m make life slightly unpleasant for anyone who wants to stand off okay. them. Okay so you're you're using that other that second command then to go into terrain and anchor it on whereas Simon's army is more for, for planes and, and open flanks really. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be inclined to try and chuck down as much terrain as I can, and I've got some medium, um, you know, plenty of medium foot to run around in it. Because if you, if you know, I find if you have terrain and you've got bowmen in there and you just haven't got enough guys to kick them out, that can really spoil your day. And, and it can, big, you know, I'll, I'll pick your line, you know. Yeah. And how big's that army in terms of um, hit points? Uh, Twenty-three. Twenty-three, another chunky one. Okay. Anybody else got any thoughts on that one? That would um, in the match up against Simon's. 
In fact, maybe... Um, I like the Kitan Meow idea. I think that I missed that, and I think that's a really good idea with the guard cavalry. And that was some... some that's a mix of impact and shooting, was it? Yeah. Yeah, you have to have at least... You have to have as many shooty cavalry as you have in impact. Um, I don't really see the point of making heavy cavalry bow elite, because it doesn't actually help their shooting that much. It kind of yeah. keeps them alive a bit longer, but I'd rather... If I had to choose between some, some elite guys... I'd rather give it to the impact cavalry and use them as a... Yeah, know, they're going to fight more often, aren't they? Yeah, and, I and prefer heavy cavalry impact bow elite because just heavy cavalry bow, they never seem to do the finish off. You sort of like get a hit in and then it's either running away or it's coming in to hit you. Yeah, you never quite get enough shots off with them, do you? I'm, no. I'm, I'm writing up some battle reports which seem to prove that quite well as we speak <laughs> once I get through to them. All right. So, Peter, you're, you're interjecting there. Is that a symbol yeah. that you managed to find whatever it was you've lost? I, I haven't found it, uh, but the gist of it, what, what um, I was looking at, because I looked at the kit on Lao and I looked at the other ones and they looked fairly similar. Of They'd have that horse, but it didn't have that sort of like, that je ne sais quoi that I like, which is the heavy cavalry bow impact elite which that's like perfect for me on the wings so they didn't have that so i just decided to flip it and go the other way and really double down on the heavy stuff and i remembered a, a good list that uh, huber did at the club on one of the one days because the terrain you've got here you've got mountains and forests you can really load up load up the stuff and this is what huber did he uh, got a good command rating a lot of heavy swordsmen and you have two-handed heavy swordsmen going through with forests and other bits blocking it out. So you're not going to get shot at a lot. I'm just overwhelming them going down um, the different alleys that are basically set up for you to go at. Um, so you can have one which has got an elephant with uh, medium foot if needed, um, if there's any flat terrain, but otherwise two commands of heavy um, to really stock it out. Um, and just double down on the two-handed swordsman and two-handed swords elite because you can get um, four, four two-handed sword elite um, if you don't do the elephant. If you do the elephant, you can get a couple of them. Um, but then you've got um, eight heavy swordsmen two-handers. Um, add in a couple of crossbows just around the edges um, so you can get that shot and use that for the extra three for the overlapping and that. And you can really start to do a hit. But the problem is it then ends up being a grindy army. But with the two-hander, once you go in and you win against the in the first one, it really puts them on a, a back foot. Yeah, you start winning a bit quicker. Okay. So that's, that's a way of using this army just to, to close down the terrain and, and grind them down through the, the gap that's left. Yeah. Uh, yeah don't do fancy stuff. Just get in there. Um, get them hit. Don't worry so much uh, about the other bit. Have some um, heavy cavalry bow just to worry about the edges, just to um, keep them interested. But it's mainly a delivery system to get in there, hit, and punch through them. Get with the heavy infantry. So, Tamsin, what was um, what was your you know three commands? How were you putting the list together? I was doing. I did it pretty much as a sort of general purpose list. I rather so a terrain command with with like, like LMI Jav. Two medium sword, tribal auxiliary, one bowman to be an asshole, and three light cavalry bow to really piss people off. Right. Get rid. And a cavalry command with three Turkish light light cab bow, elite, and three no of the noble heavy cavalry bow, 
So there's a mobile command that can go, yeah. go either wing or centre, wherever it's need, wherever it's needed. Light cavalry adding on to the shooting from the heavy cavalry. Then sort of a solid infantry block as final command. So four heavy spear, four four of the heavy sword, two handed weapon, two bow, two light infantry bow, sort of out front protection, and yeah, that was pretty much it. That's a big old anvil in the middle of it. Yeah, it's twenty five units. Wow, and it must have a decent aggression with um, or command yeah. or initiative with light cavalry and the commanders. I think it was plus three. That's yeah, that's pretty pokey. That should give you control of terrain, shouldn't it? As well. Yeah. Okay. Nice and simple. And then um, quite a lot of light. Yeah. Yeah. If you get into, I suppose, with the mountain and the forest, you're going to get quite a lot of severe terrain. So. Yeah. The, the cavalry can't go into it no matter what it is, so they can go round it. And yes. then the, the light foot and the other skirmishy stuff can actually do reasonably well in that terrain. Yeah. Make it difficult to get out of. All right. Dave, you're a man who's um, played and painted with quite a lot of Chinese. Is this uh, one of the ones you've tried? Well, no, I'm, I'm not a fan of this list. Because I think it, it's, it struggles because you've got compulsory heavy foot and yet your cavalry are bow. So it falls between two stools, if that's the right word. Um, so it doesn't work for me as a list. I think there's other better lists for Chinese. Um, I, I, and the list I finally came up with, I think, because your heavy cavalry are bow, and that's where your elites are, I think you have to decide it's a shooting army. And it's going to go in and shoot. So, and what I like to do is, if you're going to have shooty cavalry, support them with bowmen. Mm. So I've got a CNC who's a brilliant general, and he's got the two heavy cavalry elite bow, and three other heavy cavalry bow. Then that's, that's actually that's the biggest cavalry command we've heard of so far, isn't it? Yeah, five. I don't think anyone's got five in a. It's a block. brilliant general. So you've got the command, and and he's also got. So he's got five heavy cavalry bow, two elites. He's also got two light cavalry bow elite. Wow. And he's also got two bowmen with that command. So the bowmen can shoot with the cavalry. And, and it's a very fluid command. That's the idea of that. So would you use the light cavalry, would you expect to be using too deep to get the, the support shooting? Or would you yeah, just... I, I, what I would do is I would put them wide with a with another heavy cavalry bowman with them, so that you can threaten. You know, basically you're going to go round a flank with elite light horse and a heavy cavalry bowman. So that's going to be quite. That's also a little a micro command in itself. Yeah, and, and then you're pinning to... them with the other six in that yeah. command. And okay. also with a, with a brilliant general, you can actually peel off that group on its own. So you can almost split into four commands, if that makes sense. Mm. Because I, okay, the, my third core is the elephants with the two tribal auxiliary, the two medium swordsmen, impetuous. But they've also got two crossbowmen with them as well. So this is where I'm bringing in the shooting. So they can sit and that their bow will work with the heavy cavalry elite bow whilst the third command pins around the other side of the elephant. So you go down the table through the centre with elephants with the elephant and you've got heavy cavalry on either side. Okay. Then your heavy foot are just a, a pinning group. So I take the two ones who are elite because they're going to survive shooting more. 
So basically there's five heavy swordsmen, two-handed weapon, two of which are elite. Okay. And they've got the javelin. They've got a javelin for any elephants who wander along and cause trouble. So compared to some of the other people who put a bigger block of, no, they, a lot of people have had a big block of heavy infantry in the middle, but you've kind of stacked your cavalry into yeah. one flank to start yeah. with. And then you're using the elephant plus two crossbowmen as a sort of anti-cavalry yeah. neutralizer on the other flank that can, that can chase off infantry as well. Yeah. Cause I would, cause one elephant on its own is not that good. I mean, it's good enough to get people on the run, but it's not going to survive very long. So you need to get people on the run and then keep them on the run with your cavalry. Okay. And, and I think the, the, the impetuous, because you've got no medium foot in this army, the only things to support the elephant are impetuous medium foot. And mm. it's very easy to, to, to peel off the, med the, the medium foot with things when they're impetuous. So that elephant command is not going to last very long, I don't think. So you're expecting to lose the three combat troops out of it and then faff around with the crossbowmen? Yeah, I think that's a scare one and get people on the run and then you're basically pushing them on the run and, and you're utilising the shooting. However, there is another However, way to do right. this list. And I think a better way of doing it is to take the Tibetan ally and I go with Simon on that. And I would go with the four elite cataphracts and an included ordinary general in that command and have the heavy cavalry on one side and the heavy foot on the other. So you'd swap the Tibetans for the elephants then, effectively? Yeah, basically, yeah. Okay, that's another way of doing it. All right. So again, a completely completely different, still with that solid solid infantry centre. Well, this was um, this was kind of mine, um, this one here, um, as, as I managed to hopefully use screen, screen share. So <coughs> this is kind of, this isn't a great one. Um, this is one of those what troops have I got and what will be a laugh. So I think, you know, it's a textbook Death Star at the start. Very small um, command with an elephant, the two swordsmen either side of it, a um, couple of screening light infantry bow, and this just with an ordinary general. So this is just a simple Death Star charge forward, bowling ball, throw the elephant at people <laughs> and cause them trouble. And then, then my second command, that was where the big command was with a brilliant general. And, and again, textbook use of a brilliant general to try and make this into a couple of commands um, and, and operate them separately. So so I'd got a two, a bit like Dave, I got the two elite heavy cavalry bow and one light cavalry bow as kind of an outrider force that could support um, other stuff and, and roam around. And then two other normal heavy cavalry bow. So this is a, a five cavalry, well, four cavalry and a bowman command plus... Um, one elite heavy spearman. I think my points didn't quite add up. Um, two more to with sorry, one heavy swordsman with turning cutting weapon who's elite, two more who are ordinary, couple of spearmen, um, to, to neutralize cavalry. So suddenly you've got a block of five, um, heavy infantry, pretty much the same as most people, with just the one elite in the middle, and then a javelinman kind of floating around as the I'm going to pop out and try and threaten elephants if I can um, list. So that is very much operating as, as ploddy foot in one big block, plus the, the cavalry as an outlier. Um, and then for the, the last one, um, again, I'd gone, same with the thing, Tibetan, all cataphracts, two elite, two ordinary, and a light cavalry. So I always think having a light cavalry is a little bit better, particularly as they can evade through them, rather than just having cataphracts on their own. Mm. But 
but I suspect that this was really driven by the fact I've got an absolute truckload full of cataphracts that from um, a kind of, you know, fog DBM Tibetan army. So I must have the best part of 20 bases of these damn things. And it's all... Um, have you ever seen cataphracts used that well in ADLG, though? Um, Any time I've seen them used, they've like kind of spluttered, but not really delivered. Well, it was, you know, the, the, um, the competition of Burton was pretty cataphract heavy. I think in theme, they can be pretty good, but it's, you know, they if they come out of theme and start start hitting other stuff that they shouldn't really be fighting, they do struggle. Um, I've just died one with that. Yeah, you run with a, a cataphracty Palmyran army, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, I, I think the list that Tim's just put up is very much like a Palmyran army. I think I would I would look at this Tang list in much the way that Richard Case uses his Palmyrans and have a messing around cavalry shooty wing, a cataphract wing, and a heavy foot bow centre. And I think that's that's quite a good way of playing it. I must admit, looking at looking at this now, having heard all of, of you talk about it, I think this is very definitely missing some actual bowmen. You know, I think I've since I wrote this list, this is an old one that I I dug out and have in in the files. Um, but I think looking at it now in the light of the last few competitions, having a couple of extra bowmen really does allow you to kind of reach out and and drive people away. It makes a big big difference. And I think that's probably how the game or my games evolved a bit in the last year or so which is probably how old this one is um yeah. bowman crossbowman i think really does add quite a lot of it because it's still with the um with the tibetans it's still tiny and i think dave you know you swapping out the the elephant death star command this tibetan command is 51 points and then the death star command is 35 so that's still a huge huge difference to try and get four cataphracts you'd end up trimming down the rest of your army somehow in in quite a different way but so this is more kind of bit of fun and overwhelm people with with the death star and the cataphracts and and pin them with a heavy foot and, and try and get away with it so that's why i quite like going the heavy foot route just because you know being on the if put myself on the defensive in the forest ambush out of there you can still have the elephant death star which you know come up to as you've got there 35 points You've spent just under a hundred on ten heavy swordsmen, two of which elite. So you can have a five and five, and one of them you can have a couple of uh, light cav just for screeners off on the edge. Add in, you know, you still got what thirty odd points. You stick in a couple of uh, light infantry and a couple of shooters. You've got some pretty heavy chunk stuff coming out. So. If the terrain lands nicely for you, you can have uh, a whole bunch of two-handed choppy guys coming out of the woods out of you in turn one. Yeah, no, I, I think it's um, you know, there are so many of these Chinese lists. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many of these Chinese lists around about this period that have so much flexibility in it. But um, but I think it feels like we've all sort of drifted towards that that heavy infantry centre, and it's really whether whether the lists fall into almost two categories of of the heavy infantry center is there that it's so big um it tries to overwhelm you or it's actually something there to almost pin and lock the enemy in place whilst two two bigger wings or two slightly more you know aggressive wings actually try and overwhelm you and i think it's an interesting way of looking at that army as as you can overwhelm people with sheer weight of heavy infantry 
and mm. use the wings as support or you can use it as a an anvil and try and kind of come around the um come around the sides and, and, and work the flanks with it in both ways very flexible this, this means war. Okay, so that was this week's list. So for next week, we're on random.org, a website to generate random numbers, and we're picking a random number between 1 and 266. And I'm about to press the magic button, and the magic button is pressed, and it says number 65, which sounds like a... Lydian. Lydian. Okay. That's, that probably fits our, um, our category. Uh, Page yes. 115. It's got oh. allies with it. It's got a mix of cavalry. It's got light chariots. It's one that people wouldn't normally use. I, I think right. that I think that works. Thanks, we'll return and try some Lydians again then. Solved. Fantastic. What page was it? Lydians. Uh, page one one six. One one five one one six. Does anyone know anything about the Lydians other than that they're on page one one five? So, um, what's his name? Um, Richard Croesus. Richard Croesus, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, Croesus was the general. Was the king of. Uh, Lydia, no, was he? No, no, that's somebody else, isn't it? Are you sure? Well, I, well, I think they're kind of similar. So it's, it's one of the Asia Minor countries. It's, it's a state on the Asia Minor coast. Mm. It's got a sort of, it's got a sort of Greek in influence. Modern, it's in modern Turkey, isn't it? Yeah, so it's got a sort of Greek influence, but also a Persian influence. It's Anatolian, um, the Lydians. Um, they were known as the Sparta to the Achaemenids. Um, they lived in Lydia, and they had a Lydian language, and um, no one really knows much more about them. They had a um, culture that was wiped out. Um, Croesus was, yeah, Croesus was the king of Lydia. Ah, and they were beaten by Cyrus the Great. So um, this is a good army for Peter, who can spray them all gold. That's true. <laughs> that's fantastic. Good. Or no. just by touching them. <laughs> Okay. I like the sound of that. Yeah, there's some there's some Linda interesting. Linda. Um, Wikipedia gives some very weird stuff. So um, yeah. yes, so apparently, according to Herodotus, once no, we're not even going to go there. That's just really weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, look this up on Wikipedia. It's very very odd. I'm not even sure that could possibly be true. Um, so yes, we're doing Lydians next week. Then something to look forward to. Lots of heavy spearmen. So they are, they are, they're kind of Greekish. They're more, they're one of the more Greek of the Persian satraps. Well, I have a horrible suspicion were I to field the army, they would look exceptionally very close to Greek hoplites in the way that exactly. they appear on table. So Greek hoplites would be the basis of it. And, and I think the, the cavalry, so they had more cavalry than the Greeks. They were much more cavalry based, yeah, but the okay. cavalry would, would look much more um, Greek in style. Right. Okay, well, something to look forward to next week, um, Lydians, and um, we'll probably task someone also with, with doing some historical research to give us a bit more context to it, um, because I think that may well have been something that was missing from our straight-to-the-army-list discussion about the Chinese, um, which was entirely context-free. This means war. Okay then, well I think that means we must be getting towards um, the tail end of it, which means we've got a couple more things to do. 
um, as we sit here at as rather scary 20 past nine in real time. So I think if we do in in unusual order, before we wade into Andy's quiz, has anybody got anything that's been pressing their wargaming buttons this week or, or been of concern to them? <laughs> Not a Scooby. Not a Scooby. Um, um, I went shopping and bought um, 100 quid worth of um, Seven Years War figures from QRF. <laughs> seven Years War? This is for... Yeah. For um, one of the guys at our club, um, he wrote a rule set called uh, King of the Battlefield. Um, and it's one of, the, one of those armies where you, you, I bought it years ago, left in the cupboard, sort of painted up and never really got uh, got to the end of it. And since we're in lockdown, it's like, mm, might as well um, get over the line. And QRF And you need a, to spend another hundred quid to get it over the line. Well, yeah. You may not need to. Simon didn't have any artillery. He didn't have enough infantry <laughs> and needs more cavalry. Well, yeah, deta Simon, details, details. Were, 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 Simon, were there decals involved? No, <laughs> this time I actually got, got it correct. So, uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about decal, decals again. <laughs> um, Is the Seven Years' War kind of Napoleonic with triangular hats? Yeah, so it's about... Um, or is there more to it than that? Well, they've got more muskets than actual shorter ranges that just literally line up and just blast each other from about 20 feet really. basically from what i know of and um lots of pretty infantry squares <laughs> so it's basically napoleonic but everybody's really vulnerable to cavalry charges yeah and you so have triangular hats so uh, mr ian goodwin from our club um wrote the rules and they're quite popular at our at our club and they look really pretty so it gives an excuse to paint up Swedish armies and Prussians and all that. So um, yeah. well, they could no, actually. No one in the club has done Swedes yet. Yeah, I might be doing Swedes just because I like um, Swedish no heavy metal. Or Portuguese, I don't think. Portuguese in the Seven Years' War? Yes. Did they get lost? Not that I'm aware of. Oh, well. They got involved. There are a lot of sideshow theatres in the Seven Years' War that aren't that people don't look, don't look at. I oh, just don't forget, it also includes French-Indian wars in, in the Americas. It's French versus English in an in Indian subcontinent. Wow. There was All a right. lot of fighting going on at the time. I mean, the Swedes were still at it after Gustavus Adolphus. Wasn't there the Great North War? Yeah, Great mm -hmm. Northern War. There was a war in Sweden, Russia and Poland. And... Yeah. Wow. And are the Swedes are the Swedes kind of painted grey? Am I making yeah, that up? Or? Yeah, it's still grey. No, they, they, they mostly in a sort of dark blue. They look quite close to the Prussians, the coat colours, but hairstyles remained much earlier. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Kind of the end of the Fog Renaissance period and running into Frederick the first creating the first professional armies and mm. the end of that French domination at the end of the Renaissance. Mm. Um, yeah, the other know. thing I actually bought to get a basic idea of Seven Years War history, I even bought a book on um, Seven Years War. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. No, it's, it's, it's scary actually I'm trying to learn what, what I'm doing. So is it a book on, is it like an Osprey book or is it like a real proper book with, with not as many pictures? It's um, a real proper book with, um, but it has pictures as well. So let me just get the title up. Please hold. Right. So it's a, it's a book called The Seven Years' War in, in Europe, 1756 to 1763. Um, 
it's a couple hundred pages of um, all of the European um, conflicts and all that. So it's got a lot of um, maps of battles, you know, the, the various people involved, um, who's doing what and all that. So, you know, so, I, I nearly, I nearly there said the most textbook stupid thing of you said, what, 64, that's only seven years. That's not very long. And then suddenly I did realise that's uh, because normally these war things do take a lot longer, really. <laughs> but, but no, absolutely not. Millennium and Churchill's relatives fighting, you know, and all that, um, which is, yeah, as you say, tricorn hats and that fighting the mm. French. Then you've got the Great North War, which is the Russians, Poles. Everybody was fighting, everybody. Was yeah, they, they, um, the, when I was doing a little bit of research, they were implying that it was... Normally, the 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 First World War, because you had all of Europe fighting each other, plus you had the Americas and various other parts of the world all fighting. So, um, Wolf at Quebec. Wow. Yeah. I've just yep. read that High Timbers book, and we got sent. We got freebie from Osprey. That's quite fun. Okay. That was a bit of in history I had no idea about. Didn't end up good for the Indians, of course. So we're now at that, um, you know, the famous French techno part of the Wargaming Week in which we go into Andy's Quiz. Oh, isn't it good to hear that music again? So Andy, um, let's start as usual, as is traditional now, after our four or five weeks, with last week's questions and last week's answers, and, and we'll see who can get the answers to questions from the gang of six, yourself excluded. Fine. First question was, the theme was the dogs of war. So the first question was, which strategist was defeated at the Battle of Sinocephali, which means the dog's head, in the year 197 BCE? Dave, you look like someone who's going to shout it out. It's going to be Macedonian, so I'm going to guess it's a Philip, but I'm not sure which Philip one. Philip Macedon. Well done, Tamsin. That's right. Fifth? Right. Sixth? Second Any question was... Pardon? Any advance on Philip V? Philip V? I think it was the fifth. Yep, it's Philip of Macedon. Right. Brilliant. Second He'll question. <laughs> Good answer. What was the name of the Alsatian commended by Napoleon for bolstering the morale of the French Grand Army in the 1812 Russian campaign? Victor. Fido. Lex. <laughs> the answer is Marshal Ney, because he came from Alsace. Uh, oh. oh. <laughs> right. Excellent. Very cute. And the third question was, what was captured by HMS Bulldog on the 9th of May, 1941? Enigma. I know that one. Um, Enigma Machine. Enigma. Enigma Machine, that's right. Yeah. Probably um, played by uh, in the films where they turned into a US ship. That was actually another one where they did capture it. But, you know, unlike the movie, it wasn't like cunningly planned miles in advance. Okay. Yeah, I was just about and to say, course, the Americans had captured one in 1939 and got it to us. Yeah, the yeah. Poles did. Yeah, but not off a U-boat. Not off a U-boat, no. And in all that time, it's still... In all that time, it's still possible to hack Zoom, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, so you wouldn't have had the 1941, um, you know, your submarine codes. Uh, after oh, one 
quiz is um, since it just had St George's Day, so this is going to be the best of British. And here are three quotes by or about British generals, and you just need to identify them. And I'll make this is a um, multiple choice. Are you going to do them in voices? Are you going to do like proper posh military voices? Just no, 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 you're not. Okay. No, to try. I've got to ask. It would be really silly. Um, yes. The first one is of whom did his monarch say, Mad is he? Then I hope he will bite some of my other generals. Now, was that talked that Was the general referred to Sir Walter Raleigh, Prince Rupert of the Rhine, or James Wolfe? The wolf is a dog theme, doesn't it? That's that's going back to last week. That's one of your old. Right. That's the answer. <laughs> it might be. You never know. Right there again, wolf may not be the right answer. The exactly. second question: is, Who said in a report, the village of Fuentes de Onoro, having been the field of battle, has not been much improved by the circumstance? Was that John Churchill, Duke of Marlborough, yeah. the Duke of Wellington, or Field Marshal Montgomery? Okay. Which general, after capturing the province of Sindh, sent the war office a one-word telegram saying, Pekavi, the Latin for, I have sinned? Was that, that Sir one. Harry Smith, Sir Henry Havelock, or Sir Charles Napier? Oh. Okay, three good proper British things there. Excellent yep. stuff. Well, there we go. That's this week's question. Everybody's just all the heads a little rocking on the the Zoom thing as we're all getting down to our French underground deep house garage techno slow motion reverse um, <laughs> quiz music. There, that's all all happening. One day we're going to do a special and we do the whole whole song, the whole eight minute remix. It's going to be fabulous. Um, so look, before we um, before we wrap up for the week, then for another for another epic episode, um, just go around. Um, has anybody got anything there they, they've sent out, got coming in the post, something they're looking forward to? If I kind of go around clockwise, Peter, where do you, um, anything other than just Austrians for this week? Um, well, I've got a 28 mil Harley biker to paint up as well. So, which you, which uh, is just... Water, you know, not, not that you have many distractions or anything else, but I just happened to have it and found it in the box of uh, things I've, picked up at salute at one point and i need to paint at some point because uh one of my neighbors actually has the bike uh, wow. the remake one so is that the great escape figure or is that just something else no no it's a actual world uh, war ii on a, US on a triumph oh, oh. <laughs> no hardly a triumph no mcqueen was, McQueen was, oh, McQueen on, was, on, McQueen a was on a triumph uh, this is a harley okay. um so i've got that and Austrians, more Austrians. Working down the list, I think I'll move on to artillery to blow things up next. Okay. So Tamsin, are you, are you, are you going to be distracted this week or are you just going to be disciplined, focused, carry on chugging away? I think I'm going to be disciplined and carry on with the cavalry just to right. get it done. Yeah. So right. the horses, horses I should have finished the next couple of days and then it's on to riders. Okay. Doing them separately. Intriguing. Yeah. And Dr. Dave, in your painting bunker? So, the Samurai will continue, but I will look at... I've got a box of um, Kurosanian Ottoman Turks, 
which is kind of secondhand off Sean at our club. Um, I'm looking at them now and I'm thinking I need to pull them out of the box and start having a look at the actual figures and deciding whether I can start them at some point. Would you do them in parallel to the samurai? Do you think are the other samurai starting to wear you down? They're, they're, I mean, I've still got four or five bases of heavy foot samurai to do, which will be quite fun. They'll be quite fun. And two bases of heavy cavalry to do. So I think, I mean, I'll, no, I'll do them in parallel. I mean, it's just a matter of sort of looking at them, cleaning them up, looking at, thinking about how to paint them, really. Sort of thing on that. Um, I've been looking at some silly figures, carrying on with the silly samurai figures recently. <laughs> this Bushido set of rules from GCT Studios. Who were at, they were at oh, Salute yeah. last year, and I've seen, but they've sold out of their um, Buddhist monk on top of a tortoise. <laughs> well, you would, wouldn't you? You would. <laughs> and I was yeah. thinking about that figure for a general or a camp, at least. Yeah. Definitely uh, general, strategist. Yeah, something like that. Don't yeah, you, yeah, she goes on uh, a 40 by 40 millimetre base. So, uh, Tim, don't you have a sort of like win and wonderful sort of skirmish one? Uh, what's it called? The the one that you like? Oh, Malifaux. Yeah, no, I, I, I think for this week, you know, I've, I've actually been motoring through getting some stuff on eBay. As I was saying, I've got a lot of these 20 mil stuff's gone. I've got these one three hundred things going on, and Malifaux kind of changed its um, its factions and stuff. It had a freshen up of the rules about six eight months ago, which means I've got a whole set of figures that are no longer really applicable to to use in the force that I've got. You know, assuming that I get back out there and do it. So now that I've kind of bitten the bullet and done got rid of pretty much all of these one three hundred scale and all these sort of twenty mil modern stuff that I wasn't playing. I do need to go through the Malifaux box and and start selling some of the figures that I can't now really use and winnowing that collection down a bit. Um, you know, they're, they're ones that I spent an awful lot of time painting. In fact, I've actually got here on the desk, I've got a couple of very small, well, that doesn't really come out in the background, but a couple of really small sort of hawk things that have, they've moved faction. They've become the property of the guild rather than the property of the arcanists, which is a a, a bit of a shame because they're really nicely painted figures but I, i'm going to offload them to to some people as well and i think this should no no this will this will week will see the end of the napoleonic 10 mil stuff i'll have the Wee. full set done um i'm just trying to work out in fact my last things to base is probably four bases of hazards and i'm wondering if there's any sort of rationale for basing hazards on on slightly smaller bases than than the other cavalry because i'm only having three on a base for the hussars to make them a bit more lightweight and then they'll they'll fit between little gaps better possibly i don't know um, otherwise they'll just be too spread out on on a normal cavalry base for that and then then i need to yeah finish basing up gnome napoleon and um, i've got a few other gnomes to do and and i'm trying to get through the odds and sods that are on the painting table before i get into another proper thing but i think we've got a few days of, of potential rain and gray weather in the middle of the week before it brightens up at the weekend so so that kind of puts a kibosh on spraying anything new which is a fantastic result that will help me finish finish forcing some of this other stuff and then i think i've got a few a few paints possibly to that are sort of getting towards the end of of being viable and and i can see myself having to buy the odd the odd few paints as well over the next week um, but but say so some of the stuff I've done mail orders come pretty quickly, so that's been a result. Um, Simon, what about what about you? Is it because you, you're coming to the end of a couple of projects, but then you just got this 
enormous great seven years war <laughs> thing but then you're going to spray them gray ink wash them and they'll be done or something yeah basically yeah um yeah. So, so the focus for this week is now that the british are done is to do the chinese 15 mil chinese chariots i was talking about last week so they're being base coated white and now to actually paint them all now those museum ones um yeah, these are the um, the museum um, Chin Chinese ones, the the big the big chariot wheels and you know the yeah. uh, umbrellas and all that. So um, actually, would the um, I'm just thinking aloud, would the, the my Assyrian wallpaper, obviously not with Assyrian designs, but mm -hmm. would would is there Chinese wallpaper that would it work on those chariots? I'm trying to remember what they look like. Have they got big enough slabby enough sides to to try that? They don't have big enough. Uh, the sides have like a, some wooden paneling, you know, like a little box wooden paneling. Right. But what you could do is on the um, on the elephant, so not the elephant, on the general, he's got a big umbrella that's basically okay. the width of the chariot, and you could put a, a big uh, wallpaper on that. Okay. I think um, right. Gordon's done that a couple of times. Looks looks quite effective. Okay. So so Chinese chariots, and then the Chinese army's ready, and then finally Andy, um, bottom corner. Where where are you? What's your this week? Um, and in between work, it seems to be um, really labour intensive at the moment, but. Finish off the Vikings, I'm fairly sure I'll do that. And then probably go on to um, start some Anglo-Saxons. I've got a few Huskarls and a few Ferd to add to what I've already got. There's, there's, there's nothing like really mixing up then, is there? Um, finishing the Vikings and getting on to the Anglo-Saxons. And we're, we're, we're doing a bit of a campaign, aren't we, Andy? Oh, well, true. yeah, you, you, you put yourself organised for that, yeah. And, and, and I'm waiting for Anaki's moves. And then Peter and uh, Simon need to get themselves slightly organised. So this it, is a, it's on a long list of things to do. Okay, yeah. no worries. Well, look, maybe we can um, we can talk about the campaign then, how that's been set up, and and what's actually happening yeah, next yeah, week. Well, yeah, um, it's basically just using um, the Blue Kashan horse system to move ADLG armies around the map, and it will end in a battle. Right, and, and then, then there'll, be, there'll be two battles: one for sort of the south, which is um, William against Harold, and the other up in the north, which is um, the Northern Earls against the Vikings. And whoever wins those kind of meets in the finals. So think of it, think of it as an FA Cup with hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat. <laughs> well, that's always the best form of it. Good. Well, look, thank you everybody for um, for joining us yet again. Uh, on before, um, before oh, Simon, we go, you're in. You're in. Um, just saw some breaking news. Uh, seems like just today on Twitter, the UK Board Games Expo that was rescheduled for. August, August, wasn't it? Yeah. May to August has now been cancelled and it's going to be July, uh, June 2021. Yeah, no, I, I saw that. I saw the video from the two guys who, who run it. Um, they were interviewed on, on Beasts of War. Um, mm. I think, you know, it, it's, it's a big event. Um, yeah. And well, they made a really, really good point. I think they did a really good job of, you know, just talking about how they were doing it for everybody's benefit and how much it's going to sort of hurt them financially. They're doing it right, um, giving giving refunds to everybody. But I think the thing that really struck me was they were saying that for the retailers who exhibit at that show, because it's so big, they have to order in a lot of extra stock. So kind of now is almost even, you know, when or, or really as late as those people could possibly order stock. And they were saying, well, they can't really ask people to possibly buy 20, 30 grand's worth of stock at this point in time for a show that that may or may not take place you know mm. and i think that was actually the the trigger for them pulling the trigger now um you know i think there's there's smaller events that've got a smaller footprint and a smaller you know 
preparation time that that potentially can can hang on and take a later decision but yeah if you're asking 20 odd thousand people and you're asking retailers to to fork out 20 30 grand's worth of new stock you've really got to make that decision pretty early pretty mm. early in fact i saw today that um attack, attack as well in yep. in july is actually pulled as well and i think that's in devices that's that's a bit earlier um still but again you know it, it's a lot of work for the committee um in between jobs and things to to organize that because there's a lot of moving parts to that show so i think that's that's a big big challenge and that's pretty early um and, and i think yeah but it's it's not going to be the last one i don't think um it's it's when the country comes out of social distancing so but look it sounds like everybody's doing it the right way um and the shows are telling people early and being open and giving good comms and giving people refunds and things so so fingers crossed everybody seems to understand all right folks well look we will um we will reconvene again next week and we will talk um about the lydian list we'll we'll all do a bit of research on lydia we'll all work out a way of, of doing hoplites and chariots and cavalry and and chat about that um we'll we'll post the lists or links to the lists from this week on on the website somewhere and, and get that done and then next week we can we can go around the painting again and we can talk about the Lydians and we can talk about how the campaign's gone or, or how we're playing it out and um, anything else that we can dredge up between now and then. So thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.